the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good day and welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Yesterday was one of those days where it was a rough day on the market. We in the industry would like five to ten rough days in the market, maybe even a bad month. We're not getting a lot of that right now. In large part, it helps smooth out some of the uh, excess and the greed when you start having people making it a little bit tougher to be winners. So let's talk about everything that we saw out there. I'm going to hit Apple, of course. I own shares of Apple. I'm going to hit Yahoo. I probably own shares of Yahoo and like an S&P 500 fund. Uh, Boeing out there, Microsoft. we got lots to talk about. So Tuesday was no bueno. Not good for the market. No bueno. Today in higher or lower, ultimately the Federal Reserve is going to come out with some notes later today, and that's going to be a big issue. Um, that's with a couple hours left in the market at that point in time, a few hours. That, if they were to say, hey, you know, we see what's happening with the strong dollar, and we don't care. We see what's happening with world economies, and we don't care. We're going to raise interest rates this year. Now, they're probably not going to say that, but that would be pretty dramatic. So, Prominently, today should be a better day than yesterday, in large part because of Apple, which delivered blowout results. We're going to go over that in a second, because it's crazy. $18 billion in 90-day period. Most earnings ever by a company in a quarter. Apple can't take all the credit, though, for improved sentiment today. Boeing posted stronger-than-expected results for the fourth quarter, but gave a weak profit outlook for 2015 amid concerns that tumbling oil prices may hamper demand for their fuel-efficient planes. Topping expectations. Um, its earnings guidance was a little bit light, but its revenue outlook was above expectations. Yeah. They're hired today because they figured out what they're going to do with their stake of Alibaba, and basically they're going to keep it. They're going to spin it off into a company that's a trading company and ultimately that'll save them billions and billions and billions of dollars of taxes on it. 
it's something that should make you violently, insanely mad that companies can save billions and billions and billions. But tax codes are there, just like your tax codes there. So yours is up for interpretation. Yours is up for execution. Theirs as well. Um, so by setting up a tax-free spinoff of its huge stake in Alibaba, that's exactly what activist investors have been clamoring for, and it effectively overshadowed some otherwise lackluster December quarter results. Uh, Yahoo's not doing a lot on its own. Now, their mobile is doing pretty good, but display ads and search pretty meh. Microsoft had a disappointing outlook yesterday, and that kind of hurt the tech world. Apple had a pretty good quarter, and it kind of helps the tech world. What a difference a day makes. So all eyes, I think, are going to be on the FM, FOMC meeting, Fed Open Market Committee. Uh, you're going to ask to be patient, and they're going to tell us whether they are or not in the raising of the Fed funds rate. But with continued drop in oil prices, the continued strength of the dollar and the economic slowdown unfolding abroad, the market's begun to think the FOMC will maintain its patience beyond the middle of the year. Stay tuned. You know, that's the cliffhanger at this point in time. Dun, 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 right? So things are about to get a little bit more interesting in, in capital markets. Um, oil prices a little bit lower today. Some rising geopolitical angst in the Middle East. I saw Israel's taking some artillery today. Got an 8.2% decline in the Greek stock market. It's already been paced by a big downturn in bank stocks. Some bank stocks in Greece were down 10% today. With that out there, uh, it's pretty dramatic. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Apple's blockbuster results and a ballooning cash pile could prompt the company to boost share buybacks and dividends this year with some analysts expecting the iPhone maker to return more than $200 billion to investors. Apple sold a record 74 million iPhones in the quarter and reported a 70% surge in China sales. Keep in mind, China now buys more Apple iPhones than the U.S. They only have four stores open there. They're going to have 40 by this time next year. That's pretty wow. Cantor Fitzgerald has a $160 price target on the stock implying a market valuation of over $900 billion by the end of the year. It's risen 39% in the past 12 months, adding more than $177 billion to the market cap. That's nearly half the market value of ExxonMobil, which is the second largest listed U.S. company. They've now set April as a rollout date for the watch. And their watches are going to be expensive, $350 to somewhere upwards of $5,000, depending on which make and model you get, which could be a bit of a problem. Supposedly, there's been a lot of makes and a lot of models. Now, that could confuse people. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into that at this point in time. Just, it's out there, right? So, Apple said it's going to release its next product in April and reach 40 company stores in Greater China by mid-2006. Those are probably the two biggest things out there. Now, we're actually going to start thinking about, you know, when are we going to hear about the next operating system, and when are we going to hear about the next phone? Um, this has been an amazing cycle. Like, I gave my Google phone. I knew people who have been loyal to Apple, still are loyal to Apple. I've only known one person from antidotal evidence that um, 
has gone the other way and left Apple. With that said, part of a thesis on Apple is that it's um, it's kind of a luxury now. There's cheaper phones and they're just basically as functional, but Apple has maybe a better display or maybe a better you know logo on the back or maybe a sense that it's not a cheap phone. Think of it as a high-end purse versus a low-end purse. Go tell any woman like, hey, that you know, $800 purse is just as good as an $80 purse, and they're going to punch you in the, in the baby maker. Like, no chance. Um, so there is something to be said for that um, uniqueness. And I don't get it. I mean, I, I get it, but at the same time, it's kind of crazy that how many Americans are under-saving for retirement versus uh, living in the now. Living in the now! 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Ford's recalling 205,000 vehicles. What's interesting about this one is some of them are police cars. So the Ford Interceptors. Ford looks pretty cheap as a stock. Um, but you have to think that the American consumer is going to rise to the occasion. Oh, and back to Apple real quick. Um, the strong dollar on Apple very, very much so. They would have had higher revenues by about 4%. And that's a trillion dollar, not a trillion dollar company, but $800 billion company. 4% higher on revenues. Whoa. That's how much the strong dollars hurt them. And everyone wishes they had their problem. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Let's take a break here. We'll get your calls in the air at 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. A new report out is blaming our big fat Oompa Loompa waistlines on the growth of new Walmart supercenters in the United States. The one thing that I would probably put blame on first would be the hyperactive mouth gland of the adult male, the adult homo sapien male. Um... We, do we really have to blame stores? Now, I get it. I get it. Big box retailers like Walmart have made cheap bulk junk foods more readily available. And Americans are eating more as a result. We live in an environment with increasingly cheap and readily available junk food. We buy in bulk. We need to have more food around. It takes more and more discipline, self-control. But listen to the statistic. Just one additional super center per 100,000 residents increases average body mass index in the area by one quarter of a unit, and the obesity rate goes forward by 2.3 percentage points. Um, wow. 
The downside that I have with Walmart, I don't have a downside with Walmart. The downside of that I have with obesity is it's expensive. Whether it's you know surgeries that you have to do on your feet or on your back, and time you work miss plus the copays and the insurance issues, it is not cheap. So do yourself a favor, lose some weight. Um, I put a little weight on during the holidays and tried to do 1,200 calories a day now and keep my exercise high and get some of that weight back off me because uh, it's expensive. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Talking about your money is something that I like to do. You may not like to do it, <clears throat> but you have to have a, a, a budget, and it should be you know, painstakingly nitpicky. You know, what's your income? And if you don't have Excel, I think Google Docs has some sort of word processor and, and uh, a whole free package of uh, free goods that you could use. So just have a Google account and get there, Google Office stuff. But you got to start a budget with like simple stuff like income, housing costs, i.e. mortgage or rent, um, daycare, any loans for school, any loans that are private, any loans for cars, maybe any life insurance that you might have and or not. Oh, and by the way, there's a magical number in the world of insurance where you're obese and you're kind of like a okay, we'll insure you. And then you get under that number, and it's like, yes, we want you. And then you get under another number, and it's like, you're our best possible insuree ever. You're going to get the lowest rates if you get skinny. And that's what you want. So back to your budget, though. You want to not only do life insurance, but disability insurance. You want to write it all down on some sort of spreadsheet. Food, how much do you eat out? Gasoline, phone, electric. Um, it's a good tool that does that for you called Mint, Money Intelligence, M-I-N-T.com. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all. I'm not saying it does it all for you. But I think it's a pretty good start for people to you know, just continue to have a painstakingly detailed budget. And I think if you could go back at least 2014, put it together. Start with 2015 now. And then start doing side-by-sides and seeing you know, what you can project next year. Um, I think you can color categorize your budget. Um, for instance, like car care, holidays, emergency, house savings, escrow, vacation... You know, your brokerage account should be color-coded, your 401k, anything that's tied to like a 529 or UGMA. If you have additional money going into a Roth IRA, that's great. So, anyway, you should start trying to figure out how to save more in your budget. And then at the bottom of your Excel spreadsheet, put a little th- sign that says, this is how much I saved. Uh, 
not that that's going to make you like all powerful, powerful, but again, you can start seeing where you're spending way too much money. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. $6,000 for a Super Bowl ticket this week. Amazing. I look at some other things and like how much a jersey costs. And it's pretty offensive. Support your Super Bowl team without buying a jersey is something I totally believe in. If you want to get a beanie, it's going to cost you about $35. Maybe a sweater in the right colors of the team that you're going after with a shirt underneath. Uh, you don't have to show up at the Super Bowl party, you know, decked to the nines. Um, or not decked to the nines, but wearing a jersey. I, I honestly don't think grown men should wear jerseys. Uh, especially when you're 30, 40 years removed from high school. But that's just me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Greek banks are getting shattered. And Greece is probably not going to leave the euro. Um, It's not going to jump away from the European Union. It's not going to make a Grexit, as people are liking to say. But they've started some moves that their Syriza government has been laying out its program of halting some privatizations and some layoffs and hiking minimum wage by 10%. It ain't going to hold. And the big fear is, is that when that happens is that the Greeks themselves lose confidence. Um if they start sending money abroad, if they start taking money out of their deposits, um, their banking system would effectively collapse. And that'll teach you why you don't want banking systems to collapse. Greek banks are part and parcel of the austerity agreement that the incoming government is currently trying to tear up. It ain't going to happen. I'm Rob Brown, all things financial, money, investing, and more. Let's get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Obama dropped his proposal to tax 529 college savings plans. That's good news. I think it's more of a middle class tax than upper class, but especially since we're trying to send our kids to school. Take a break here. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, more.
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Microsoft, their stock acted like a startup this last year, rising 24%. But the quarterly results reported late on Monday left people like, what's going on? Microsoft earlier had shown us like this hologram lens technology, some really cool stuff that they're working on. And then they came back and kind of slapped us a little bit by reminding us that Windows stinks, but Xbox One's doing great. Um, they got Windows 10, not expected until later this year. It's no surprise analysts see 2015 as a year of investment in rate stock as a hold. Microsoft's adjusted earnings per share are seen falling by about 3.5% in 2015, so there's no reason to up the stock at this point or to try to expand the evaluation. Now, next year, analysts see profits rising 17% if their profits, if their investments in pay off. But that's going to take a little bit of time to realize. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? Great. Are things new focus? Excellent. I love the, the canned answer. So Great. Excellent. Absolutely. Those good terms. Yes. Um, what do you want to talk about this segment? Um, I was re- reading an article at, I mean, it's like, I don't know. Oh, Kiplinger's, which is my favorite financial publication okay. out there for people to read. Um. I want you know if you look at studies that on a lot of these fun magazines that are out there like Money or whatever it's when you, when you go back and look at the articles they have in January the top ten mutual funds to own now and then in, you know two quarters later they have the top one hundred funds for the year those funds never appear on the same lists it's okay. like you're just it just never seems to work out but Kiplinger's always has pretty good financial articles this one's okay it's kind of uh, you know, what people, what wealthy people are worried about, uh, people that have a lot of money or a lot of net worth. And one of the issues that they're worried about is how are they compared to other people? And it's really, wealth is relative to your expenses. Oh, yeah. Um, I was saying the other night in one of the events that we were doing, I uh, was talking about long-term care insurance and how important it is to look at, but at the same time, it's become very expensive. Last year, in 2013, uh, rates jump drastically. Females often pay more than males because they tend to be in the nursing home. There's no more spousal discounts, and lifetime plans have gone away. Where if you go in with Alzheimer's for 15 years, you might get you know long-term care insurance plan that covers you for six. Yeah. Um, but not lifetime anymore. And rates have jumped. People that have had policies have seen rate increases as high as 80 percent. So if you've bought long-term care insurance, it's probably going to go up in cost. And I always say start shopping, looking at it, 55. If you're 55 and you're, you know, saved enough for retirement and your financial advisor that's, you know, fee-based yeah. has said, yeah, you're, he or she has said, yep, you're on track, you're saving enough. The sad part about that is long-term care is such a sad issue. I don't think people want to buy it because they don't want to ever be in that position. You know, the way you get around that is that nobody wants to go into a nursing home, right? Of course sounds not. sounds awful. Right. These policies pay for people to come to your house to take care of you, so that's one thing to focus on. Yeah, but again, I think the barrier that I would have is I don't want to picture myself in that position. It's like one of the reasons people don't get life insurance. They don't see themselves dying. Yeah. Um, so i got to imagine long-term care is a really tough sell because it's it's not cheap. Yeah. 
And it, it's, it's for sell it. And I know people that do, and I know people that have exited the business in the last year because number one, it was already a hard sell right? because it's insurance and insurance is tough because it, it's expensive and you don't get any money back. Yeah. And now there's these hybrid life insurance policies, which are better than doing nothing. It's better than leaving cash in a 1% CD. So you got a lot of money sitting on the sidelines. It's kind of your safe money for if you go into a nursing home. There's these policies where you can use some of the death benefit to fund long-term care. Yeah. But if you pass away, your spouse or your kids or whatever, get the, get the life insurance. And it's not a great rate of return on your money. It's a little better than CDs. What do you think about a scenario where, like, um, I've got a uh, someone that I know that got offered life insurance at age, like, 72. Mm-hmm. company was willing to buy life insurance on him. All he had to do was sign the paperwork. What do you think about those type of scenarios? Um, usually they're, I mean, most of the time you see those, it's for burial insurance and things like that. And what they're betting on is that, so even, even over the bubbles of balanced portfolios average, or the, you know, the, the big drops that we've seen in the last several decades, balanced portfolios have averaged about 6%, which means if you take the rule of 72, if you divide 72 by what rate of return you have, that's how many years it takes to double. It's rule of 72 is pretty cool. Okay. And so they're betting that, okay. It's they're going to have you pay in about $5,000 for a $10,000 death benefit. And they know that they're going to be able to kind of double that money before you die. <laughs> so um, that's usually what the no brainer, the no underwriting type of programs are usually for things like burial insurance. If you don't have to do a lot of underwriting, go through physical, get on a treadmill, check your heart rate. It's probably not a very good deal. Okay. Um, the only time people, older people at that age need life insurance is for two reasons. Number one, if you have a pension that's going to go away at your death okay. and you're trying to protect your spouse, you might need some life insurance. And term insurance doesn't work when you're over 70. Just, just It doesn't – it's so expensive, it's ridiculous. Right. Or if you're over 70 and let's say you're a very wealthy business owner. You've yep. got an estate that's – if you're single over $5 million or married over 10. Yep. And if you die, there's going to be an estate tax due of 40% plus over that value. And there's no liquidity. You're worth a lot of money, but it's all in your business. So your business rich, your cash flow's fine, but your liquid asset poor. And if your kids have nothing to be able to pay that estate tax when you die, what are they going to do? They're going to have to sell the business or sell business assets or drastically leverage it. So what people do is they set up an irrevocable life insurance trust. That trust buys life insurance on that person. You create a tax-free amount for your heirs in order to pay the estate taxes. So that's the, those are the reasons. Or Charitable Remainder Trust is another one which we can talk about next segment. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, what a day. So Super Bowl wings right around the corner. Super Bowl wings can teach you something about why investing is important. Chicken output's going to rise 2.7% from 2014's record to an all-time high of 39.2 billion pounds of chicken this year. But fewer birds are slaughtered means that the wing prices are up 30% from a year ago, and they're fatter. So farmers are actually feeding the chickens extra, taking advantage of the plunging corn and soybean costs to help lift poultry production as measured by weight. On the big game, Americans will consume 1.25 billion wings. That's estimated 
Um, basically unchanged from last year. Chickens only have two wings, so you can get them fatter. That's for sure. And you're selling on weight. Um, smaller supply is what's triggering the pricey part of the equation. The cost of wholesale wings sold by chicken processors, which sets the benchmark for the nation, has jumped 6.6% to $1.69 a pound. So steak's crazy. I know people who, like, I'm not going to buy a filet ever again, they're saying. So you go to the next meat, chicken. When chicken prices go high, you go to the next meat, pork. When pork prices go higher, you go to the next meat. And that's when it starts getting a little bit dicey. Buffalo Wild Wings raised menu prices by an average of 3% in November. Company would normally have raised in February after the Super Bowl, but made the increases earlier partly because of higher wing costs. So those higher wing costs are what scare me, because it's called inflation. And it's what should scare you. If you have no money in the market earning 8% plus a couple percentage points in dividends, and you enjoy Coca-Cola. That Coca-Cola that's a buck now will be a buck and a quarter in a few years. Or what is it that inflation is going to hit? Car prices? Rents? Homes? Healthcare? Inflation hits everything, doesn't it, feel? Gasoline, not so much. That seems to be the one that's almost self-correcting. Now, Japan's gone through a period of time with deflation. So it's not inflation's always not going to be the boogeyman. But you see where I'm going at with this. Uh, Wild Wings can teach us a lot, 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 lot about the markets. Uh, to find me online, it's Rob at RobBlackShow.com. It's Rob at RobBlackShow.com. You can find me at RobBlack.com. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about the markets today. We can talk about valuations. Um, iPhones are not done growing yet. Um, they're going to increase their dividend. They're going to increase their buyback. It's a beloved stock, and it's going to end similar to a Microsoft. That's the expectation. Now, is that the reality? Where it just gets too big? Uh, we'll see. It was a pretty impressive quarter, $18 billion. Um, Largest ever reported by a publicly traded company. was driven in part by a 70% increase in iPhone sales in China. The company sold roughly 10 iPhones per second, every second, around the world during the last quarter. 10 iPhones per second. Apple shares surged nearly 8% in early trading. The company's results were so strong that they added 110 basis points to the S&P 500's earnings growth this quarter. Next big question comes for Apple in the fall, when investors get a sense of how saturated the market's become with iPhone 6 versus the iPhone 7. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Scary story if you're a shareholder of Alibaba today. 
Shares of the stock dropped on a Chinese report of fake sales. If you've ever played with um, Alibaba websites, they got some crazy stuff on e-commerce. And I'm saying like, I'm not going to say gag gifts because culturally I may be being insensitive, but there'll be like six monkeys standing on their heads, six monkeys uh, standing on, sitting on their heads. And you're like, who buys this? And you're like, of course, my grandmother. I mean, it's, it's hideous. I bring this up because Chinese regulators accused e-commerce giant Alibaba of permitting sales of fake goods and hurting consumers in a report that was withheld until now to avoid disrupting the company's stock market debut. Alibaba shares fell 2% on the news. Now, inside the report, Alibaba allowed unlicensed merchants to use Taobao and Tmall platforms and failed to protect consumers' rights. China kind of, I'm not going to say they went crazy on Kentucky Fried Chicken and McDonald's, but they've been known to dip back into, we're not capitalist like we look. We are communist. Do not forget. Um, and that's the biggest thing that would, should make you crazy. I will never invest in Russia, and I've said this for three years. Ever since Putin started to lose his mind, um, and just get del delusions of grandeur. I won't invest in individual stock because I don't know what a ruble is. I've never seen one in my life. If I were to invest, I would typically invest in an index fund or an actively managed mutual fund that has low, low cost, not super low, but because I want the manager to understand what he's doing. But there was a company called Yukos Oil that a radio show was touting as, oh, this is a great oil play, this is a great oil play, it's going to go higher. And then Putin said, I want it. And so it goes from communist or capitalist stock market traded Yukos to state-owned company. Shareholders got nothing. And, you know, even to go as far as, like, Putin puts man in jail. You own oil company, I want. You are a spy. So there's some things I won't even touch. There's a phrase out there, like, I won't even, you know, Anyway, um, housing recovery is a story that's going on as well. And one of the things, you know, the place of housing recovery, should you buy home builder stocks? Home builder stocks aren't building enough homes for the amount of immigration that comes into this country and for amount of formation families that are left over from the millennials staying at home a little bit longer. We're starting to see credit start to expand and that's fueling further housing starts. Um, there's a lot. If you look at real estate investment trust, publicly traded, not the private ones. The private ones are just, I'm not going to say shams or scams. I'm not going to. But um, a private equity trust is you give your money to someone and they can throw a house party. Publicly traded, that stuff gets audited and, and gets monitored. When you look at the home builders, there's not that many. I could think about 15, 16. I know you're saying, well, that's more than I thought. There's like Standard Pacific, um, ticker symbol SPF. It's got a PE of about 10 times next year's earnings. Then you look at like a Beezer Homes, and their ticker symbol is BZH, and they just reported you know, a profitable year, first time since 2006. It's obviously a very important milestone for the company. So there's different names out there. 
There's a company that makes little teeny tiny cabins, tiny cabins, um, called Cavco Industries. It's trading at 25 times next year's earnings, but guess what? Tiny cabins are in. There's more than, when you think of home builders, you probably think of like two or three. You probably think of Beezer, KB Homes. Maybe you think of Ryland, DR Horton. They're huge. Current land ownership level is sufficient to support double-digit revenue growth. Ticker symbol is DHI. It's got about 10% upside. That's not a lot, you know. But if you're looking for value, there's some value in the home builders. And with rates low, before rates go higher, there's some value in the home builders. And again, not considered to be investment advice or wise for you to be taking advice from a, a radio show host who you may have never met who may not know your name, who may not know your finances. 10% upside is good compared to what you're going to get in real real estate in the next year. Uh, but you can invest in housing recovery in different ways. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Um, real quick look at Apple. An amazing quarter, and the stock's trading near all-time highs. For a stock like that to move seven or eight points, it's gigantic. Um, I never have seen a woolly mammoth, but I would imagine that they weren't the most agile on their feet as far as turning around and sprinting. Um, same thing could be said about a company like an Apple. They're worth $684 billion. It's astounding. Um, PE, 18 times this year's earnings. That's going to go lower. Um, 13 times next year's earnings, and that two number will go lower as expectations get ratcheted a little bit higher. Down the road, Apple has to continue to be seen as a luxury stock and not as a phone company. They're a luxury phone company, much like Michael Kors is a luxury purse company versus the Target brand. Kirkland, Kirkland purse versus Michael Kors. Uh, that's what Apple's got going for it at this point in time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network. <laughs> 
presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. It's going to be a, a fun ride, to say the least. Apple delivers a quarter for the ages. Stunning quarter. Selling 46% more iPhones at higher prices and earning more on each sale. Yahoo's going to spin off its remaining stake in Alibaba. Yahoo announced that it's spinning off that 15% stake to the public. Um, it's an independent investment company called Spinco. Yahoo says that current Yahoo shareholders will get Spinco shares distributed pro rata, meaning they'll own shares in two companies. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Valentine's Day, spending points to a booming consumer. 70% of American economy is based on retail sales. We've got two basically made-up national holidays in our immediate future. This Sunday, Super Bowl, XLIX, also known as XLIX. And then you've got Valentine's Day right around it. This year known as Experiment Night, in honor of Fifty Shades of Grey. I wish I was making that up. I'm not. I hate Valentine's Day. Just because you're, you're kind of damned if you do and really, really, really damned if you don't. Alibaba shares dropped on Chinese report of... Oh, wait, 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 wait. We're going to spend $19 billion on Valentine's Day this year. We're going to spend $14 billion on the Super Bowl. It covers things like parties and accessories. I just don't think America has that kind of money to throw away on just another day. You know, maybe we're not buying refrigerators, but we sure are paying for love and chocolate sauce and handcuffs. And that's just with the Super Bowl party. What are you kidding me? I'm much more romantic than that. Um... Yeah, that Fifty Shades of Grey it created a phenomenon of goods to sell. Strong dollars squeezing some U.S. firms, according to the earnings season. I think that's probably the biggest story that we're seeing so far. American Airlines fuel buying bets paid off in record profit. As energy prices have dropped, a lot of people are like, hey, hey, airline, cut us some, some slack over here. And, uh, no, 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 not going to lower prices, not till demand drops. But um, American Airlines pulled an income of $4.2 billion, up 150% year over year, in large part from fuel savings. Boeing posted stronger than expected results for the fourth quarter, but gave a weak outlook for 2015 amid concerns that tumbling oil prices may hamper demand. Here's my opinion on oil, or on uh, Boeing. 
if I had a four-fingered hand, I can count on one hand how many companies in the world can do what Boeing does. It's not a small task. H&M profit beat expectations. They're a, switch, a Swedish clothing retailer. I wanted to call them Swiss, but they're Swedish. They reported stronger than expected profit. They said they plan to open 400 new stores in 2015. If you've ever been in H&M, it's kind of awesome. They've got pretty stylish clothes because they're probably made in, in the Indian factory where people have died. That's alleged. That's not a fact. But we all know the working conditions in the fashion industry in India are not ideal. So, but American teenagers who spend money, they want fashion today, right now. They don't want yesterday's or two weeks ago fashion. They want today's. So to get this incredibly cheap piece of cloth mixed in with style, it has to be horrific working conditions. It doesn't have to be, but it is. But H&M is going to open 400 new stores in 2015. You know what's funny about H&M is, you know, all the social consciousness of the millennials. Like, we only eat at Chipotle because they treat chickens better than the factory conditions of McDonald's. Um, Yeah, but give me that cheap H&M clothing. They're fine with that. Cynical. Cynical I am. Cynical I am. A new report out today puts a lot of blame for Americans expanding waistlines on the growth of how many super centers there are local to you. Basically, when a super center from McDonald's, from uh, Walmart comes in, our waistlines get bigger because we like cheap, bulk-sized junk foods. Um, and I, I kind of see that. GoDaddy pulls Lost Puppy Super Bowl ad after backlash. GoDaddy just cannot do it right. Something's wrong with that company. Publicly traded. Um, basically, Lost Puppy, which is a riff on Budweiser's spot this year, featured a little dog who falls off a pickup truck and then endures long miles in a rainy weather to make his way home. Um, it turns into a puppy mill, like, hey, I'm going to put you in a box and send you somewhere. Just not cool. I mean, it, it, it kind of failed for what it was trying to do. Um, that's unfortunate. So you would have thought someone would have had a brighter mind at the company, but apparently not. Diamonds are getting cheaper. The price of just mined diamonds is falling. The outlook for the prices consumers pay is less clear. Prices of rough diamonds dropped about 9% in the last half of 2014. So the company, Petra Diamonds, uh, cut its full-year price forecast for its South African diamonds from a 152 per carat down to 130. Um, I, it just makes me crazy that we put such value on little rocks. Just makes me crazy. They're pretty, pretty rock. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. 18 teen errors are loss but they see faster customer defections. They posted a quarterly net loss that was slightly slimmer than Wall Street expected. Second largest U.S. wireless carrier posted a loss of $4 billion, compared with a net income of about $6.9 billion, excluding items AT&T earned 
55 cents a share, which was, which was about expected. The postpaid churn, that's the rate of customers' defections, rose to 1.22%, and average revenue per phone user declined 10.7%. So there's a lot of competition in cell phones. If you haven't repriced your plan in the last six months, year, you should. Call up and negotiate. Faced with intense competition and promotional activity, wireless carriers move from two-year contract plans to equipment financing plans, which reduce service fees and eliminate subsidies for devices. Such no-subsidy plan, along with aggressive price cuts to tackle competition from rivals T-Mobile and Sprint, have squeezed profit margins. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. AT&T, for the record, said that they added more than 2 million new wireless subscribers and 854,000 contact subscribers in the quarter. They're buying DirecTV, so they're going to be a pretty different company soon. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Is Apple a must-own stock and or not? That's a big question. It's got some momentum, so you would want a momentum stock. It's got a small dividend, so you would want a stock that doesn't have crazy growth like it used to. But it's combining momentum with income. Whoa, you don't typically find this. It's got a mega cap. It's bigger than a large cap by a lot. Record-breaking earnings of, you know, $18 billion. And, like, you start doing the math on that, and you're like, $6 billion a month. Like, you start going, whoa, it's intimidating. Can't keep that up forever. Cash grows to $178 billion. A year ago, Apple was selling at $70 a share. People were questioning whether Tim Cook was cut out for the job. You should stand up, point a finger at the scoreboard, and start razzing people. It sold more than people thought. Way more. 
one analyst has a price target of on it of $150 a share. It should have a premium in the market. It already does a little bit, but not by much. How big will their buyback be? How big will their dividend increase be? Something we'll all be paying attention to. And they, can they continue to evolve ever so slowly? Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, got a couple of emails to get through. Let's do it. This is a big one, so let's see if we can't make this. Got a book? Okay. Well, this is, it's kind of long, and it's got some fancy words in it. Isn't it, and it comes from us, to us from Eddie. Isn't it true that RMD is calculated based on the value of your portfolio at the end of December of the year before you turn 70 and a half, regardless whether you have been withdrawing funds for years? RMD is required minimum distribution? Yeah, required minimum towards, distribution. Tied towards your retirement accounts. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so the way it works is once you turn 70 and a half, April 1st of the year following 70 and a half, it's, it's, you know, every time I say these things, it's like, who made up the rule of 70 and a half? Why not just 71? Why do you have to calculate where your 70 and a half birthday is and then figure out, oh, by April 1st of year, but if you, do, if you wait till the following year, you have to take two that year. I, and I think I can tell you why. is because when you turn 70 and a half, you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs or 401ks. It's okay. a certain formula that you use to do that. And let's say that amount's $15,000. Okay. If you forget to do it, it's a 50% penalty on that amount. So $7,500 penalty, plus you still have to pull the money out and pay the taxes on top of that. Sure. Um, you know, as if figuring out what Medicare supplement plan and prescription drug plan you want when you retire isn't hard enough, then you got to deal with taxes. On, Are those hard? Oh, it's, it's a full-time job, I tell you what. To, to go in and figure out once you turn 65 and pick the right supplement plan. You know, a lot of people that are on Kaiser just stay on Kaiser. I, I tend to uh, find that... Older people tend to be fairly happy with Kaiser. Okay. Um, I think younger people in terms of sports medicine and stuff like that, you know, fixing the knees and doing all that. I'm not too big of a fan of it, but I'd probably go Kaiser when I'm older. Why is that? It's just everything's kind of in one place, and okay. a lot of clients that I've had have been happy with it. Um, and my own mom, same thing. Okay. So she's happy with it. Anyways, getting back to the 70 and a half issue. Um, yeah, what happens is each year you have to look at the 1231 value of all of your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, and every all of it. Now, if everything's in IRAs, it's easy because you could add up everything, figure out what the formula is. It's like 20, it's 127.6 of the account or something like that in the first year. Um, and then you can say, okay, I've got all my IRAs. There's three or four different IRAs. Figure out what the number is, and you can take a withdrawal out of one IRA. Maybe your lowest performing IRA, maybe the best performing IRA that you're peeling off the top, Great. taking some of that growth, spending the money. Um, if you have 401ks and 403bs, you've got to take one out of every single one of them. Hmm. And so people make that mistake a lot, thinking that, oh, I've got a 401k and IRA, I'll just take the RMD, the required minimum distribution out of my IRA. Nope. That's why it doesn't really make any sense to keep money in a 401k after you retire. Roll it over, consolidate it, so you don't make those mistakes. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what we talk about all, all the time is fighting the IRA tax trap. So when you retire, let's say it's 62, you retire at 62, 65. Well, one of the first places I like to look is the IRA. If I can take money out of the IRA and a married couple filing jointly can have about 80 grand of income plus their, their itemized deductions and still be at a 15% federal bracket. So I look to the IRA first to make sure I'm maxing out that 15% bracket. And if you need the money, 
take the money out and spend it. If you don't need the money, take the money and convert it to a Roth so that you're whittling down your IRA, which means you're moving money from a taxable account, paying taxes on it now, moving it into an account that grows tax-free for the rest of your life and your kids' lives. And, uh, and then that way, when you turn 70 and a half, you're not forced to take out so much taxable income. You're reducing the required minimum distributions because you're taking the money out earlier. And it levels out your taxes throughout your retirement rather than, than having very little taxes until you're 70 and then super high taxes. Anything else that we need to know about RMDs? Is, um, there, is there a good calculator online? Does your Yeah, IRS.gov, publication 590. It has the, the tables there. Okay. And um, then there's you know all sorts of issues. So if people you have an account with like a Fidelity or Vanguard, mm-hmm. will they step up and help you come up with a number? Or no, 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 no. That's advice. Yeah, yeah. Typically, yeah. Typically, they're not gonna. What they do is they send you the letter to remind you okay. that you're supposed to do it. But Fidelity doesn't know that you have a IRA at Vanguard and an IRA at T Rowe Price or something like that. So they don't. They won't. They'll give you all the disclaimers in the world before they'll give you tax advice. So. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking money investing and more. The stronger dollar is turning problematic out there, whether it's companies like Procter & Gamble or Microsoft or Pfizer, companies that have expanded overseas aggressively. And you know how you've heard me say, look, if you own an S&P 500 fund, you own international stocks or international exposure. In large part because of the strong dollar, it's going to hurt a little bit. An example of that, if you're selling a product for $1,000, five months ago it would have cost you 745 euros. Today that would cost them 900 euros. That's a 21% hike in just five months. Companies try to keep prices stable, so they look to cost cut and or move things to like digital advertising to save costs. It's worthy of note, you know. There are ramifications for basically any major movement on Wall Street, whether it be currencies, whether it be interest rates, whether it be valuations. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Rick here. We'll be right back with Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. Trying to say, oh yeah, it's business time. It's business. It's business time. I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. Ooh, it's business. It's business time. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, we're in the bathroom brushing our teeth. That's all part of it. That's foreplay. Foreplay is very important in love. Then you go out I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen with Briefing.com, a website that has got financial content that I start every morning checking out. Dr. Rosen, how are you? Oh, very good. How about yourself? I'm good. Um, Fed meeting day, is it one of those days where we should just schedule you for Thursday so we can talk about it after the fact, or is there something to say about what you're expecting to happen? 
I mean, I, I don't think that today's meeting is overly important. I think that what we're trying to look at is to see uh, if there are any dissents and who's dissenting, basically just to get an idea if the um, the new committee that votes this uh, year is more dovish or hawkish than it was last year. I think that uh, if you read the, the bios of all the voting members, you would get the sense that it's a, a more dovish uh, board than it was last year. But uh, really, I think that's the only thing we're going to see this week or today. Uh, maybe you'll get a little bit more in the March meeting uh, in a couple months when you have a press conference after the fact, and to get a little bit more understanding about you know, what's going on on the inflation front in the U.S. and what's going on in the uh, inflation front in, in Europe. But um, you know, this meeting today doesn't seem to be, you know, uh, anything really large to be considered about. Economic data, anything ringing your bell out there as far as uh, data that you've seen trickle through? Uh, yesterday we had durable goods that were disappointing, to say the least. Yeah, those durable good numbers, I mean, it, it was it, it was much worse than we expected. Now, if you looked at the consensus value, you saw a big headline miss because the consensus had a, a small gain in overall durable goods, and you had that large negative. A lot of that came from the fact that uh, people weren't taking into account the seasonal adjustment factors that we knew were going to affect uh, the aircraft industry, namely Boeing. So if you took that into account, the number wasn't a huge miss, and we had a minus 3.2% forecast, and the actual was minus 34 But the bigger problem was the uh, fact that shipments of uh, non, or sorry, non-defense uh, business capital X aircraft, which we assume is a, as a proxy for business equipment investment, uh, it's been negative for four consecutive months now, and that's not good. You know, it, it, that factors into GDP growth, which means that GDP cannot be uh, strongly positive based on investment gains, and, and that's worrisome. And if you delve in a little bit deeper, what we've been seeing over the last few years is a big increase in the unfilled orders of these goods. So manufacturers are basically getting orders for lots of uh, new equipment, but they haven't manufactured it and they haven't shipped it. And we're seeing it not not only just in, in you know the stockpile of unfilled orders, but the inventory backlogs aren't growing either. So you know, I don't know if businesses just believe that these orders are going to be canceled later on and they don't want to uh, to build on it, or if the manufacturing sector as a whole is becoming more constrained by the uh, by their total capacity, which is possible because we're getting capital utilization rates that are crouching back up towards 80%, and that could mean that you know manufacturers just can't produce it. So you know there's concern that there's uh, some sort of bottleneck in terms of investment growth, and it's on the manufacturing side as opposed to the demand side, and that could take a longer time to get unleashed, which could keep uh, investment growth from accelerating anytime soon. I find that to be a little disturbing. Like, I, I'm not saying your color has gone darker. <laughs> Do you feel that it has? Um, and you're, you're basing your you're, you're basing it no, on facts, I, so I'm not judgy. Right. When it, I've been going up and down over the last couple of weeks. Like if you talked to me in December, at the end of December, I was really optimistic. You talked to me in November, I was pretty, uh, 
you know, cautious right now. You know, I'm still leaning more towards the cautious side than the optimistic side. My GDP forecast for 2014 is 2.8%. Um, if oil prices stay at $50, if oil prices return back to their previous levels, I dropped my forecast down to 2.4, 2.5%. The consensus right now before the big drop in oil was 3%. You know, and if you talk to some economists now, you're getting uh, 2004, or, sorry, 2015 forecast of 3.2 to 3.5. Um, so if you compare myself to them, I'm definitely on the on the pessimistic end. You know, these numbers aren't uh, helping me with that. You know, I'd like them to be stronger, <laughs> but that's where they are. Do you need a Xanax? <laughs> no, I, you know, I think that you know we're getting into a point where there's just a lot of volatility, and unfortunately, with economic data, you only get most of the data on a monthly basis and it's delayed by a month so you don't get a fully good appreciation of what's going on in real time so you're hoping that things are improving when you can't really predict it uh, based on any data you can only predict it based on model finding or estimation so it makes things a little bit more difficult and it makes things a little bit more you know topsy-turvy when you make forecasts um, that said, you know, a lot of people are starting to look at uh, surveys as a more immediate uh, economic data point to get a better sense of what's going on right now. So, that, you know, you take into consideration all these PMIs that are available, all these consumer sentiment numbers, like the one you got yesterday. It was, you know, best since 2007. You know, but these sentiment indicators and these PMIs, they don't mean anything. I mean, they're just you know, what people feel. They don't tell you what people are actually spending or what businesses are actually doing. I mean, if you look at that durable goods report that I you know, talked about yesterday, the PMIs were all relatively strong, you know, in, in December. You know, there was really no regional survey that showed a sizable contraction. There was no survey that showed, uh, you know, real big weakness. The ISM national survey showed similar gains. So we shouldn't have had that big of a drop. Okay, now I feel like I'm talking to Joe Montana. You're the quarterback. You're the Tom Brady. I'm the Monday morning quarterback, so it's always easy to look at things. And can I just hide behind the amateur analysis that jobs seem to be improving in the United States? Okay, I'm going to turn a blind eye to the middle class issue. But we're buying cars. The housing market seems to be relatively not strong, but moving forward. Can I hide behind that, or are you going to school me and tell me I don't know anything about the economy? No, totally you can't, to. and that's why you know GDP growth of two and a half to three percent is is possible. You know, it's just that you're not getting the acceleration that okay. you would want to see at this point in time. I mean, basically, we're still running a negative output gap, and I don't see it closing. You know, in 2015. Uh, I think it's going to take a while, which means that the opportunity cost lost during the recession has not recovered yet, and it doesn't look like we're going to recover it in the near term. So things are getting better, but we're not at you know, an optimal place. Anything that you're working on right now, Dr. Jeff Rose, an economist, chief economist with Briefing.com, that you want to make us aware of? Oh, GDP comes out on Friday. You know, it will be interesting to see how things are. Right now, we're at 3.2%, which is exactly in line with our briefing.com consensus. 
um, down from the 5% gains that we saw you know, last quarter. If you strip out inventories, I think we're going to be up about 2.5%, which is considerably down from last quarter, which was up 5 And a lot of the gains we're going to see is coming from lower prices and not necessarily quantity growth. So I think that uh, we won't really want to take a look to see you know, where the momentum is in, in the GDP report to get an idea of how things are going to be at the start of 2015. Thanks very much. That's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. Sometimes I just have to sit back and listen to him because I think his insights are way better than mine. And my tip of the hat that he is the Tom Brady, I hope all of you out there in listener land realize that what he does is really hardcore. Um, It's not just get in front of a microphone and talk and base your opinions off historical precedences. Um, Lots of stuff to think about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, With Apple, it was a pretty impressive quarter. One area where I will caution you is you never want to get too cocky. So as it moves up or down, if there's a point where it's painful for you to own it, like if it were to lose 20%, 15%, be honest with yourself and put a stop loss somewhere near there. Now, again, stop losses are tricky because you're placing it in order to sell it. And Wall Street makes money not from you know buying and selling, or they do make money from buying and selling. They make it from the transaction. They don't make it from being right on stocks. It's not like Vegas. They don't make money picking the winner. They make money getting enough people on both sides of the bet. And uh, that's what Wall Street sometimes looks a lot like Vegas. And uh, it's an incorrect thought, but I get it. American Airlines just had its best quarter ever with low price of oil. longer oil stays lower, the more fat that the airlines are going to get, and they're going to be able to do things like buy back debt. So they'll put themselves in a better position for the future. Americans are going to spend $19 billion on Valentine's Day. Don't do it. That's all I have to say. Not that I'm a pessimist. Not that I'm not romantic. It's that most people aren't funding their 401ks. Show your lady how responsible you are. Put an extra $200 into the the nest egg for the two of you. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Take a break here. I'll be right back. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give us a call, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to a phone call. What's on your mind? Rob, this is Paul. I really appreciate all that you've done for me and your help over the years. And I thought this would be a good question, um, not only for me, but maybe to help some others. I have this stock that um, I wanted to own and plan on owning for the long term, except 
I was informed um, by a press release that they're going to be delisting from the New York Stock Exchange. And um, in talking with my broker, they will be um, transferring to the underlying share of the Bank of Ireland, which in the U.S. Uh, trades on the over-the-counter market. And what I'm noticing is the price of the ADR has been tanking. Um, however, the underlying share is actually going up. So I don't know if if um, it's a short squeeze of some kind or, or something else going on, but maybe you could give some insight on why the underlying shares would be uh, changing very little, possibly going up a little, and then the ADR would just be going down. I can't. Okay. Um, I'm just not smart enough on this issue. It's the first I've heard of this company in about four years. Why do you, for a couple questions. Why do you have a broker? Well, uh, it's an online broker, Rob. It's actually with Vanguard. And, um, okay. I purchased the shares, you know, believing in the long-term recovery of the Bank of Ireland. Um, okay. Just, you know, following them and reading them. And uh, so it's my only security, really, I'm in at a loss, and it, it is in a, uh, a Roth IRA, so I'm really – you know, like you often teach about with many of the larger cap stocks, you know, buy them. If you do buy an individual stock, you have over, you know, $100,000 before you do, and then hold them for the long term. So I really do subscribe to that philosophy. But, um, of course, you just made the comment, and I do own shares of Apple as well, you know, understand, you know, your pain factor. For me, I really, even though I'm down on the stock, um, I'd like to hold it. You know, it's just confusing to me. I know there are issues with the year okay. going down. Sure. Um, let me talk because <clears throat> we're almost out of time. And thanks for the call and thanks for all the kind words. Um, Bank of Ireland, let's try to get everyone up to speed on this. Um, ultimately, the governor and company of Bank of Ireland, one-time unofficial Bank of the Irish state that traces its history back to 1783. It's a full-blown financial services provider for consumers and businesses. The SHI hit the fan this last week when basically the ECB started buying debt as well as the Swiss franc unpacked. The bank offers traditional services such as deposits, loans, mortgages, and life insurance. It provides similar services in the UK through some 11,500 post office branches. I don't know about the structure of the ADR and the delisting. That is something that will take me about an hour to read up on. I'm probably not going to do that. I'm intrigued, so I might. Um, a little bit on what Wall Street has to say. Uh, Tickerson was IRE. They've sunk their total capital ratio to 16.4%. That's an improvement, successful. Um, the coupon on new bond was 4.25%. Um, they continue to expect to maintain a buffer above a uh, CET rating of 1. Moody's changes their outlook for the UK banking system to negative from stable. I'd probably try to get hold of Moody's, and if you have a brokerage with like a Schwab or a TD Ameritrade or a Vanguard, Vanguard is the one you said that you have, they might give you access to Moody's reports under research when you log on. Try to read up on it and then reassess your threshold of pain. Uh, this bank, this Irish bank was downgraded to neutral from buy over at UBS. Um, it seems seems pretty volatile on a regular basis as far as um, it'll bounce up and then it'll just continue to strike down. Um, they've delivered written notice to NYSE and it's tend to delist. 
February 12th is the day. The group has not arranged for the listing of its ADRs, ordinary stock on another U.S. securities. So you're going to own something that, that looks like it's going to be in a foreign market. Vanguard might be able to help you on that. I, I feel like I've let you down. I'm sorry. Let's go to Kevin real quick. Last call. Kevin. Hey, good morning, Rob. Hey. What's up? Uh, I've got a question. Got a question. My my employer offers a stock purchase program where the the purchase price is basically a, a discount based off the lowest of the stock price at the beginning of the ending of the period. I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out is where the downside of the risk is. I mean, on the surface, it seems like free money sure. is just selling at the end of that period. It is like free money. Um, there will be tax consequences, of course. There will also be consequences of maybe you're putting too much of your eggs in one basket. What company are we talking about? Uh, I'd rather not disclose that. Okay. I can't really help you because there's a big difference between getting a 15% discount at Apple versus a 15% discount at a, you know, a wild, wild west uh, oil driller that, you know, might be out of business. Um, you never want any one stock to be over 5% of your holdings. So, yeah, selling on a regular basis, you're, you're going to get hit with short-term capital gains taxes, likely. Um, if it goes up, you're going to have a tax issue. Um, but, you know, free money is free money. There's no doubt about that. And when you get a discount, it's typically a nice thing. Don't let it become more than 5% of your holdings because you're probably paying your mortgage with the salary that you're earning. You're probably paying for your car with the salary you're earning. You're probably getting health insurance with the company you're working for. And suddenly, if any one bad thing happens to this company, it wipes out your nest egg, maybe your emergency fund. Uh, maybe it, it kills your insurance issues as well. So it would be a problem, to say the least. With that said, if you want to drop me an email and get, keep it private, you know, maybe I could get to learn a little bit more about your holdings. Thanks so much for calling 800-516-1220. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Always good to get a call from out of the area. LA is considered out of the area. We'll take a break. We'll talk soon. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 